Welcome back to the Six Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke, I'm the host, and this is episode number 53. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Brooke. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I think We're recording right. this on a Sunday afternoon right after our two church services. Yep. I'm not going to lie. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a rough, it's, we had to do this, uh, just for, because of a scheduling conflict for tomorrow. We usually record on Mondays. Right. And, uh, and I'm fasting until noon every day. Okay. And so here we are. So now we're expanding your horizons My here. fast <laughs> has been extended and I'm about to eat my arm. And we just started. So yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah, you asked how I'm doing. That's how I'm doing. I understand. No, I, I feel you. Um, how are you doing, Brooke? Well, if you, if, if I'm hungry. You're hungry. But that's, um, you know, we're in the middle of fast. So that's, yeah. that's pretty standard right now. So uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was an interesting week with all of the ice and snow and, uh, um, I am uh, blessed to have a vehicle that uh, has four-wheel drive and can turn traction control on. And at one point, I was picking up something because I could drive around on the ice, and it wasn't that big of a deal. And so I was running around to Target and picking stuff up, and it was just me and my wife. And I drove by the parking lot, and the parking lot was so pristine and nice. and uh, Like an ice rink, right? Yeah. And so... um, I did some donuts in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to uh, make sure. And I didn't say anything. And it was funny because later on, you know, literally like an hour later, um, I got a text message from Jordan to to the rest of the staff that was like, hey, I went up to the uh, I went up to the to the church and helped break up some of the of the, uh, the ice and snow in the parking lot. And I was like, I know what that means. <laughs> I was like, me too. Yeah, did that. So that was it was really funny because I came up and um you know, for those of you that don't do donuts on a regular basis, I, I don't because that messes up your tires and that's expensive. But uh, it was You're just so like, old now. I know, immature. right? Immature. Oh, listen listen to yourself. There's logic involved in my decision making. <laughs> so dumb. Um, so I came up and I'm, I'm, I, I was just like, oh, this will be fun. I, you know, have my wife in the car. And I was like, all right, hey, here we go. Let's go. And so we're, we're doing some donuts. And people are like driving by the parking lot, like honking and waving. <laughs> no way. Like, yeah, <laughs> like thumbs up. And then this dude in this big old truck just pulls in. And I was like, oh, gosh, now what? And he like just sits there for a minute. And all of a sudden, you just, he just like floors it. And he just starts spinning around. That and is then, awesome. And then he just goes and peels out and takes off. You inspired him. I was like, that's awesome. We had some fun <laughs> in the parking lot. So, yeah. Uh, so the winter uh, winter storm was it Landon? The snowpocalypse. Yeah, it shut down the city for a couple of days, day and a half, maybe. Hey, it was. It was. I will. I will give. I will give us this that it was really icy. Very. Where normally it's like, oh my gosh, we got an inch of snow and no one knows how to do anything anymore. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, we don't know what to do. And then it starts to melt, and then it kind of becomes icy, right? But this time it like started with the ice. Like yeah. it, it just that that sleet that came down for like several hours on on what was it wednesday yep and uh, and so everything underneath the snow that came the next day was like you know an inch two inches of of ice underneath stuff so so yeah that was that was good um i had some fun with that good yeah how was your family in the snow did you guys survive 
it was, it was fine. We, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to sound so wah, wah, but we lived in Colorado for seven years. Yeah. And so. That's a very different snow. Uh, very different. Yeah. I mean, like the rule is it has to be eight inches before they'll cancel school. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, like But your roads, your your Well, it's your all about infrastructure like yeah, and yeah. trucks. And yeah, it's not because we're all idiots down here or anything <laughs> like that. It's We have less experience driving in the snow and ice, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But also, it's we don't have... Like, I saw three trucks with snow plows on the front, like, going in formation down a road. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I think those are our three Wichita Falls trucks. That's right. Trucks. That's all of them. All of them are right here. And, in, you know, them. in places like Denver and sure. other parts of the country, they've got fleets of these things yeah. with full-time employees. Yeah. And so it's just different. And so, they're preparing for it. They're icing things beforehand. Yeah. And, and they've I got a lot more experience with it. Yeah. And, I thought the same thing. I don't, I don't think we talked about this last week, but um, in preparation. I don't remember, but... But I remember, like, there was a time before we moved to Wichita Falls when we were back in Oklahoma, and uh, and and it was like it iced and snowed, and we like the entire like we literally couldn't get out of our driveway because it was like mm. a sloped driveway, sloped down driveway. So it was yeah. like, good luck. Couldn't get back. So up we there, were right? stuck. But like the entire state of Oklahoma was shut down mm. until trucks from Kansas could come down and like actually plow everything out because <laughs> it, because like you said, this is, we didn't have the infrastructure yeah. for it. It's not normally needed. I was trying to explain it to one of my kids. They're like, why don't we have more, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, if we had a fleet of trucks. Because for 51 weeks. They would, exactly, that's why I said. (laughs) So they would sit around for 362 days (laughs) a year. What a waste of money. So it's just, you just got to put up with the occasional bad storm. But my family loved it. My, I have, my youngest got out and played in it and. Um, my wife loved as a school teacher having a couple having days, a few days of off, not, yeah. yeah, she was like, I have to go back to work tomorrow. That's what she was telling me this morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun excuse. I know you and I both probably like most people in our city, we worked from home and did some zoom meetings. And, right. Um, didn't get me out of everything. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to have the, the, you know, the total fun day off like Carrie, but right. Yeah. You can't do anything if you're a teacher, you just have to have to chill out you yeah know? that's right so the winter olympics started did but it? i'm assuming did that it brook because of your fast <laughs> you have not uh yeah, i i'm fasting from television that. it is day six of my television fast and you know what it's worse than i thought it would be <laughs> <laughs> so that was my next question how is the fast going i how is your your fast going i well you know what you I, said um, you're hungry i'm very hungry i'm fasting outside of uh 12 to 7 p.m and um which is plenty of time to eat and so basically and you're having lunch and dinner i'm having lunch right? and dinner and maybe a snack in the middle but i'm okay. my evening grazing my evening second dinner <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> and certainly my breakfast or anything like that's all out the window and um it's meant to you know, for obvious reasons, it's meant to be replaced with sure. folks on the Lord and reading and journaling and um, and then no TV. Even even more obviously is like, oh, the TV might be on for two hours at this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I should read a book. Oh, okay, I should. And here's here's where I'm going to be real. Um, just like my just like my teaching time this morning when I when I over disclosed. Um, it's been really hard. Like, I think what I'm finding is there was a couple days, especially in the snow co- snow apocalypse, when we're all just chilling. I mean, what a time to have, mm-hmm. you know, a storm mm-hmm. that makes you stay home <laughs> for right. several days and you can't, can't watch TV, anywhere. you know? Uh-huh. And so um, there was one day I slept in till about nine, which I never get to do. I, mm-hmm. I love sleeping in a little bit. 
And then that night, I wasn't even tired, and I went to bed early. Mm. And I knew in the moment, I was I was praying through it a little bit. I'm like, ah. instead of replacing this self-denial of food or of TV with, I'm going to read a really good book, or yeah. I'm going to spend some time one-on-one with the Lord here and go on a prayer walk, or I'm going to, instead of those things, I went to bed. And it's been it's been a, a convicting three or four days mm. of realizing, okay, I, I'm not going to be too hard on myself, but uh, this is meant to be replaced. The, the the self denial is not just for its own sake. You know, there's nothing magic right. that's going to happen in my life if I just don't watch TV. Right. It's if I don't watch TV and instead of watching TV, right. I do these things. Yeah. You know. And so, if I can be that honest, that's where I am now. It, mm. It's been a harder first few days. I have enjoyed the 30-day prayer guide. Mm-hmm. The blue book from mm-hmm. the packet has been, it's, it's exceeded my expectations on just some good daily habits of just turning my attention to him and thinking through a few things and been fun to talk to a handful of other people about it because they're reading the same things. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what what's it been like for you six days under your belt now? Well, I, I, very similar. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to, <laughs> to have a snowpocalypse and you know, day two <laughs> or whatever, you know, it was like, like literally it was like day two and three. It was like, well, I guess we're not going to do anything tomorrow. That's going to make this more interesting. And, and it just made me start thinking, you know, uh, so, so I chose to do, um, uh, I guess I already do intermittent fasting. Um, and so I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this a little bit, a little bit more difficult on myself. And so I'm, I'm, I'm eating dinner. Because I didn't want to cut out food all the way. Because I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm not spiritual enough for that. But um, the uh, so I'm not eating until six. So basically, uh, and, and all day, every day, all day, every day. Whoa! Until six p.m. and then eight is my cutoff, just like it normally is before that. So because before I'm I'm doing intermittent fasting, I have for a year or so, and um, and normally my day is is similar to yours, where it's twelve to eight. Um, and so I decided, well. We're gonna we're gonna put some effort into this, and so, um, so being home, it's like I even even thinking like trying to rationalize this in my head, like, am I just gonna do this because I can, um, or how do I go to that place where I am saying uh, instead of eating, I'm doing this, you know, I'm, I'm refilling that spot, and uh, and so while while it's work, um, kids are not home, that's so much easier because. I can still leave like my lunch hour or whatever, and I go home and I spent time in the book and reading and praying and whatever. And um, but when the, when the kids are all here and they're all home for the next three days, and and when I'm you know when I'm occupied and I'm doing other things, it's a whole lot easier to go without food, um, I think. Right. And and so being home, and it, today is probably the worst because Friday and Saturday, like, well, the kids were out of school, so I didn't have to get up early. We didn't have to do anything, so I got to sleep in a little bit, and so yeah. my day wasn't as difficult to get through. But I have found that, like, well, once I get to about, you know, it's kind of like that 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock window, mm. I'm, I'm really starting to listen to my stomach growling, and I'm really feeling it a whole lot more than than I do at that point. And so that's that's where it's it's become an interesting like, okay, how do I fill this? And I've made some other decisions like, all right, so in the mornings where I normally would listen to a podcast or a book or something like that, I'm not just like cutting those out of my life, but choosing to, okay, so what am I using that time for and listening to scripture mm. um, rather than, you know, because that's when I'm dropping off kids and moving around and doing some getting ready for the day or whatever. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I've, I've enjoyed this book so far. I mean, we're only, what, five days in, mm-hmm. six days in, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's still been difficult at times. Uh, as you said, I'm, I'm really hungry, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, well, that means I still got, like, I still have four and a half hours to go. And, you know, cause it, but I find myself, I'm like, is it, is it six yet? Is it, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And now it's six go. And, and so I'm like, I'm, I'm eating immediately where normally it's like, eh, wait towards. It, let's, know. let's talk about, you know, being legalistic about it too. Cause I'm sure everybody's asking some of the same questions of themselves. Right. Like here's, here's a picture for you. So Tuesday was the first of February. Yep. So that was the first day of our fast. Yep. My fast was, I'm not going to eat before noon. Uh, I meet Pat page, the chairman of our elders, a mm-hmm. uh, good friend of mine for lunch at Chick-fil-A and we're sitting down, we get our food. I look at my watch. It's 1156 <laughs> and I just laugh about it. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to sit here for four minutes. Yep. And could you heat this up for me? Yes. And it's, it's kind of silly, you know, it's kind of, you could argue it's rigid. It's, uh, it's, um, legalistic. You could argue, mm-hmm. you know, but as with everything else, it's about the heart. Right. And my heart, I trust, was in the right place. I'm like, no, I said, it's yeah. my first day. I said noon, yeah. you know. But it was, it was, we were both laughing about it. It's 1156. Yeah. Oh, wait, now it's 1157. Uh, <laughs> come on. Uh, and then the other side right? of it is you and I were talking about, I think we mentioned it on the podcast last week, is that, okay, I'm not doing TV. And a week from today is Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. which is just such a wonderful excuse to... Have people over, go over to somebody's house, spread a food. Yeah, eat food. Um, it'll and... go way past 7 p.m. for me. <laughs> and there's TV. It's all about the TV program, you mm-hmm. know? So um, I am genuinely wrestling with, um, and I probably will all week. Okay, what's this look like? If I, if I, first of all, I've gotten invited to nobody's Super Bowl party. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nobody wants you maybe sitting that's, next to the television ignoring it yeah. and feeling bad the whole time. Maybe I should read into that. <laughs> if it's next Sunday early afternoon, I've still gotten invited to no parties. Maybe this is a non-issue. It's moot. That's right. But in all seriousness, it, assuming my my group from church or other friends you know, have a party, then what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. I think the food parts, that's that's easy. It's the it's the TV that's central to the entire, to the entire experience. Event. Yeah. And I think I'm going to go to the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl party, Oh, <laughs> to the Super Bowl. That, so gonna go buy that would be even better. <laughs> that would be the solution. That's right. I'm just going to go. Carrie, like, I have the solution I to my problem. Watch TV. I've got to fly to LA. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. So, so, um, late, uh, February Baylor basketball hosts yep. KU. Huge mm. basketball rivalry. Obviously, Kansas Jayhawks basketball is, you know, top five programs yeah. of all time. Um, we're hosting them in Waco. It's still February. And I'm like, ah, it's another thing I can't watch. And I'm already talking to one of my Houston friends about meeting them in Waco for the game. <laughs> like, there's a way around this. I can get around this. Well, so I think I think it would I, I I push back a little bit on the legalism. Not not that there should be legalism involved in it. Right. Um I'm curious what you're going to say. Cause well, because because like for me, I know that if I don't follow what I have done, 
But what I've decided, right? If yeah. I if I decide, hey, you, it's it's five fifty five. I can go ahead and do that, right? Like it's no big deal. It's about you it's, crack it's only open about Pandora's have, box, right? Exactly. I have now opened this can. I get it because we so so we took a vacation and I ate whatever I wanted on that vacation. And when I got back, the week after. And the week after that, I just kept coming up with reasons why in my head it was like, ah, I mean, it's yeah. not like I've been great. So, and so it's, just, it, we want to talk about a slippery slope that for me, <laughs> if I'm going to, you know, like that's easy for me I to say. That. And so, and so for me, it's not about being legalistic about it. It's about I being mean, consistent we went, and disciplined. We went as a staff, right? It was Ron's birthday, and we went as a staff to, to Whataburger. Or no, we went to Taco Bell, Taco of Bell. all places. <laughs> and and so for me, that doesn't fit into my to my diet or my fast or whatever. And I could say— And you watched. I could say, right? eh, you know what? No big deal. I'm just going to get something. We'll sit here. But I didn't. Yeah. Because I know for me, if I start to cut those okay. corners— I, I will interject, though. You hit something on the head. You know okay. for you. For me, right, and right, I, exactly. And I do think that applies to probably most of us. <laughs> I know it applies to me. If I crack open the door, then I'm really setting myself up for failure. Yeah. And so there is that is the strongest argument to be, for lack of a better word, legalistic. To be, I would rather call it disciplined and right. consistent. Yes. You yes. know. Um, we just come to those things because like you said, it was, it was three minutes to the hour. And for me, I'm like, that's just where I have to say, no, you're right. I have to be disciplined about it well, or I know I won't be disciplined about it. Well, because you and I are going to see each other quite a bit this week working together. Um, I look forward to more of this conversation happening, uh, to the rest of you all pray for me for some discernment <laughs> leading up to Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I don't have to see it. I don't care about the Rams or the Bengals or it's just such a, it's such an iconic cultural event yeah. that is incredibly social, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm justifying in my mind. Okay, I can be social, and I don't have to watch the game. You know, that's the easiest conclusion yeah. I have. Is okay, go to so and so's house and keep the food in the kitchen yeah, so just, I can stay. Just in here. hang out in the kitchen, you know, and sit down <laughs> and play maybe play radio. a board game with some folks because there's always people <laughs> at the Super Bowl party that really don't. Everybody watch wants the game. to play Risk while the game's going on. <laughs> A bad example, I guess. Oh, uh, I don't know. Board games. That could be fun. That could be... That would be a... People a, play, still play board games. I know. I know. I played Sorry with my kids the other day. Oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do it during the Super Bowl, but, you know, everybody loves a good board game. My kids have discovered this past year, I think, the Settlers of Catan. That's like a... I have only heard about that from it's parents... It's not as fun as I from thought. From parents who hate it. Yeah. And that's that's. I've all got I've friends got. that love it. I've got multiple friends that love that game. I just the only person I can think of right now, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw her under the bus do it, here. Do it. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but she knows who she is, and she she uh, loves settlers. Our kids play um, a sport together, and so I frequently see her. And while one of their kids is playing, the other kid is playing Settlers of Catan, and she always <laughs> has this look on her face like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, and I don't have any idea. I don't understand it at all. I, it's not that I don't, complicated. I don't have, well, I mean, I don't even know what it is. Like, I literally just don't. Like, to me, it looks like something between like the Oregon Trail and Risk. Yeah, and I don't, it's, it's. I don't know. It's so. not too far off from Risk. <laughs> I grew up on Risk. I loved Risk back in the day. How do we get on this subject? I don't. Oh, board sure. games at the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. We're doing all that. So, what <laughs> has? Uh, let's go back to the book or or the fast. Like, what's been what's been overly difficult you said tv has that been has it been just the filling the time or just that there's so much you wanted to watch or what 
No, it, not watching TV hasn't been that hard. It's it's being deliberate to replace it with something good. Um, that's Rather been the than just the self denial side. Yeah, and and thankfully a pleasant surprise. I'm realizing my family really doesn't watch much TV. Um, mm. It's a little convicting. It was me, yeah. you know. Um, so I was a little worried that it's going to be on in the living. We have a big open living room like most houses yeah. these days, and I'm like, do I have to just retreat to my mm-hmm. bedroom, you know, or go outside all the time so I can't, you know, be around that? But um, it's been off a lot. So uh, no, I, I think the only, I think the hard part, I, I think what I'm hopeful for stepping into week two is kicking it up to the next level of okay i've been good about denying myself of things now let's let's be intentional about replacing it and you know what i'll bet i speak for a lot of people because i think it's week one yes it's it's a it's it's new to people or it's it's not a a habit anyway like i i've done this before it's still not a habit i have Mm -hmm. you know so there's an adjustment period I think we should cut ourselves some slack, be gracious, gracious to not just each other, but to ourselves and, and see what week two, let's, let's kick it up a notch and be a little more deliberate. Well, so we're all going through Jesus next door, the blue book, the 30 day prayer guide. Has there been anything in the first, um, I guess week that has really stuck out to you? Um, only, um, couple things one is i've heard i've heard a couple other people and you included today already mentioned this forgive me if i'm stealing your thunder but just this this notion of not seeing our home as a retreat from the world uh but seeing it as a a launching pad for ministry and um and that's that's a little bit tough because i i think the joneses maybe like some of our listeners the joneses in a lot of ways do see our home as an oasis in the desert, you know, a, a, an escape. Um, I'm also married to a very strong introvert and I love her for it. I don't begrudge her for being wired that way. Her natural wiring is she gives herself to kids all day as a teacher yeah. and she comes home and often says, I have no words left. <laughs> <laughs> and so we don't have a lot of people at our house. Um, if I can be this raw, I've even gotten, some folks complaining, um, to me about, um, you know, just not, not having them over, you know, we say we're friends, but we don't invite them over. And it's, it's been a little convicting, but it's also been, it's a little bit, my wife and I are in the people world, the people business, so to speak between church and school. And we just, our evening at home is kind of like, Oh, let's, let's be still, let's Mm -hmm. be quiet. Let's just be with each other. And yet this book, I, I, I flip it around and say this book is challenging me a little bit to, okay, we need to be more other-centeredness of our neighbors and aware of the unique opportunities we have to bless people. Um, well, and just in case you're you know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have people over to my house all the time to, to preach to them um, so, Not to preach to them. That sounds awful. That sounds torturous. So okay. So I look. I looked it up. It says uh, that the book says it's amazing what happens when we begin to realize that our homes are not supposed to be an escape from the world around us, but actually an outpost of God's kingdom. And I started thinking as you as you're talking about that, and you know the the personalities that you have in your house, 
not it's not like the let's have everyone over to our house all the time and and be that but we also have outposts as ways to reach other places where that's the place where uh, i mean i think about like a military base like the military base you have that there but it's then to to extend out beyond the walls of the military base right and so to have an outpost out into the world i mean if you're not doing out anything out in the world either then okay well now we you know maybe we need to rethink that rethink that but it just because the only place i mean that's what we talk about right this the whole point of of this is praying for the people wherever we come in contact with them yeah. right so you and i could both be like well i'm not going to come into contact with anybody that doesn't know Jesus during my work hours of the office. That's the unique thing about you our know, jobs. That's yeah. difficult. And so yeah. for us, we, we're not, I'm not going to say, well, we're doing a job's wrong necessarily, but right, right. but if, if the other parts of our lives are not doing that as well, okay, then maybe I need to rethink things. So to me, it's like, okay, well, maybe your house specifically in this description is not the place to uh, to have everybody over to your house all the time, but, no, but if you're still moving on and yeah. you're still reaching out to people around you at school, at work, at, you know, where you play. I, th- I think you hit it on the head, though, is it's it's got to be different for everybody. You know, I, I think if there's, you know, if there's 100 people listening right now, th- they've got to be all over the map mm-hmm. on where they are interacting already with people. So, for example, I think my wife is on the extreme. She has 120, 130 students. She knows by name. And they revolve through her door, you know, an hour at a time, all day long. She's got multiple coworkers, teachers, administrators she interacts with every day, um, occasionally some parents. And so I actually can totally appreciate that when she walks in the door at 4, 4.30 on a weekday, <sighs> she's done. Yeah. Like, what? what more does the Lord want... <laughs> That's for right. her to give her life away to people. She should be hosting dinner parties all the <laughs> I'll time. I'll let you tell her that. Come on, Carrie. I hope, Carrie, I hope you're listening right now. <laughs> Shame on you. Um, but you know what? Other extreme is I think people like you and me. Like, I, I won't make this about you. I'll make it about me because I know I know what my day-to-day looks like is I'm at the office with our staff, people like you. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, on the phone or doing emails or meeting with elders or other church leaders or other pastors in our community. Yeah. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I seek out always one or two people that I feel like, okay, this is someone I get to pursue like Jesus pursued mm-hmm. me. And they may not go to our church or they may not even have a clue about Jesus. Um, but I think you just heard me say it. That's a rare exception to what my day-to-day looks like. Yeah, And so... If I'm not spending time with my neighbor uh, who doesn't go to church or who doesn't know Jesus, or at least I just don't know him very well to know that stuff, uh, if I'm not having some people over to my house, then in some ways I think I am doing it wrong, you know, if based on my day-to-day. Right. And I'm just curious, you know, there's people out there that have people jobs that are you know, I'm thinking about people that are in squadrons at Shepherd and just mm-hmm. interacting with all kinds of different people, even from different countries and mm-hmm. cultures. And maybe their home doesn't need to be, you know, uh, a come to our place kind of thing. And there's other people who work from home who interact with nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and how do we use our homes um, 
or more importantly, how do we be deliberate? That's yeah. really the question is yeah. how do we be deliberate? And I then, then you add marriage, if I can go down the rabbit trail one more step, is Carrie and I are very different. We're wired differently. We have different worlds. We operate in day to day. I can't have a ton of people over. It's going to wear her out and not be good. And she can't keep everybody and their mother from coming to our house because that's not good for me. And so I think I think it's a unique challenge. It's, it's in, this book so far is pressing us into thinking about other people. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Yeah. How that fleshes out is the question. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the other things that that uh, stuck out to me is is one of the quotes in there said, "If um, if our family moved out of our neighborhood tomorrow, what would our neighbor would our neighbors miss us?" Yeah, and I think you can you can be strict about that context of if you literally moved out of the home that you live in, would the people that live directly around you be affected by that? Um, but I think the same thing is if you quit your job, you know, if you left that workplace, if you no longer went to that gym, yeah, you know, would the people around you be negatively impacted um, by by you moving out or being gone, or would they even notice? Would they be like, "Oh, that was that"? You know, we've talked about this as the church before. Is you know, if 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 Colonial ceased to exist in this area, then would the surrounding areas around us yeah. be affected by that? And that's not meant to be a any kind of guilt thing it's it's meant to be a motivator right for sure right yeah and so you know I, that's what i'm liking about the book it's not i don't feel any shame or condemnation i feel i feel conviction mm-hmm. and it's prompting some good thought yeah i think it's going to be good for me and carrie to wrestle through what this looks like on our we live on we literally live on a cul-de-sac we're we're that family you know yeah and so we have lots of opportunity just on our all around our cul-de-sac and a few houses up our street. Uh, and thankfully this summer will be four years for us. So, um, it just takes a while. I feel like it's home now and I feel like there's neighbors we know by name Mm -hmm. and there's opportunity there, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, we've lived on a cul-de-sac before. I mean, I, I, I grew up on, on one of those and I remember we knew everybody and spent time in everybody's houses and going all over the place. And then when we moved to Wichita Falls, the place that we moved into was on a cul-de-sac. Yeah. And I remember the, the, um, the, there was a person that lived on that, that at the beginning said, oh yeah, it's, it's such a great, it's such a great street to live on. Like everybody gets home from work and then they close their garages. Like it's nice and quiet and it's like a bomb scare. Literally what they said. And I was like, wow, that's a way different way to think about living nearby people, you know? <laughs> and so our neighbors now probably get annoyed with us. And, you know, it's like my kids are like, they're all the time my kids are like, oh, we're out of eggs. Can I go next door and get some eggs? I'm like, well, I mean, we do that a lot. So let's let's not. Let's just wait, you know? <laughs> I get it when you're in the middle of making something and it's like, I need a cup of sugar. Okay, great. Hey, I really want to make some eggs tonight. Can I go next door? And get... No, that's not how this works. But so we've tried to go out and and get to know our neighbors. At the same time, there are several neighbors around us that, you know, they they get home from work and shut their door, and yeah, we only see them when they're upset or something's broken outside. I was about and... to say we have a couple neighbors that I think may have called the cops on my kids once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and those are the ones that it's I think like, you have too. Actually, I totally have. I just flashed back to a story you told yeah, me. Yeah, definitely have. Um, and so those are the ones. It's like, but but uh, okay, those are 
bluntly put, those are the ones we probably should be. Would they be negatively try, impacted? Trying a little harder. Or would they be excited that we moved out <laughs> of the neighborhood? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so today, today, because it's Sunday, um, we continuing continuing our Awaken series and uh, talking about uh, the lost coin. and Luke 15. Can I start us off with this? I, okay. I loved, I found uh, from the message, which is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase right. of the original Greek, uh, in Matthew 13, verse 34 and 35, I love how he puts this. Um, he says, all Jesus did that day was tell stories. Hmm. A long storytelling afternoon. His storytelling fulfilled the prophecy. I will open my mouth and tell stories. I will bring out into the open things hidden since the world's first day. How cool is that? It sounds so much more relatable than Jesus told another parable. Right, which is what what it says in my NLT. And he told another parable. (laughs) I love that Peterson just grabs a hold of this is what Jesus did. He told stories. He was a storyteller. Yeah. So I, I am just enjoying the heck out of camping out in Luke 15 for a few weeks and yeah. looking at three stories he told. Um, well, and, and very we, different we, stories. We've talked about this again. We've talked about this before. It's like when when we read through Acts, it's like oh, this is a, this is a story. It's, it's not just these narrative. individual things that happened. It's not and, facts. It's right. not bullet point lists. It's not principles. Apparently Jesus was smart and knew what he was doing. Yes. Yes. Like, why do we go to the movies? Why do we read great right. novels? It's what speaks to our soul is story. It's not mm-hmm. collection of information, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I love, I love this. I love this. Now, I think I joked with you before we started recording, you know, the story that we looked at today is literally three verses. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so um, somehow... Um, I managed to make a 33-minute, you know, teaching out of three verses. But you could argue, I, I'd like to say this on the podcast out loud, you could argue I took a little liberty with um, some meaning behind the lost coin. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to talk, I think, about not only are we dropped, we've forgotten, we're lost, but but ultimately in some ways we're wounded, we're hurt. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a reach to say, you know, the coin got hurt, you know. Yeah. But I think mo- more importantly, it's talking to where people are. I think we can all relate to that at some level. So. Yeah. Well, I, I liked your um, your analogy, I guess, to to the the lost coin being a being like her engagement ring mm. um, that she, you know, it's something that's that important. Which is really funny because this morning. Um, I was getting ready this morning and washed my hands and I took my ring off and I put it in my pocket. And then um, later on at church, I realized, oh, I don't have my ring on. Uh-oh. So I reached into my pocket to put my ring back on and it wasn't there. No way. And so... Is this I'm, like a, 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 a nice ring or is it... No, so it's it's like... It's, it's your little it's, exercise band. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't wear the other one anymore, so... But I haven't for a long time. And so it was just like... Uh, it was just like, oh, that just happened to be that today of all days, I'm like, uh, I'm texting my wife going, hey, can you go look out by my car? Because <laughs> I think I may have lost my ring. And so I'm like retracing my steps and I'm walking. I mean, I did. It was like, it's literally, it was like, it's like a 10, 15, $20 ring that I got on Amazon, you know? So it's like, it's not like there's some like overly right. sentimental value about this specific 
band of silicone. Well, and you're or, not a feeler. Or whatever. And I'm not a feeler. But, <laughs> so, but, but I still I still stopped what I was doing. Yeah. And I still wandered around in all of the places that I had been. Yeah. And, and then later on, I realized, oh, I went back over to the office. And I walked over to the office. And it was right there where I pulled my keys out of my pocket. And the keys pulled it out, <laughs> just like I had thought. But I just thought it was it was funny. It's like as she's tearing apart her house, trying to find this coin that you equated to a an engagement ring. Yeah. Even something that was super cheap and not like you know, it's like I still love my wife, and my wife knows that I love her, even if I don't have this on my finger because I lost it. I still drop what I was doing, go around and follow my steps and retrace everything and try to figure out where I lost it, even though it's something cheap. Yep. Yep. I I actually felt really good about the things we talked about. And I, I guess I guess in part my expectations, you know, looking at Luke fifteen a few weeks ago, uh, I remember thinking, Oh, the parable of the lost sheep, the story of the sheep wandering off and the great shepherd pursuing him. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. E- even though, you know, sheep and shepherds and all that's foreign. Right. At least it's like, oh, he leaves the ninety nine. He goes after the one, you know. Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, we're going to look at the story of the prodigal son next week, which is easily, by far, favorite story in the whole Bible. Um, you like that one? I love it. Oh. I love it. I love it. Love okay. It. Can't it's wait to talk to about me. it. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> but this story of this three-verse story in the middle yeah. about a woman who loses a coin, like, like if you just read it to me really quick, and I didn't know anything about cultural context, I didn't think engagement ring, I didn't think dowry, I didn't think worth a full day's wage Mm -hmm. i just thought oh she lost one of her she lost a quarter yeah and she okay all right next you know like and so it's it's been cool to kind of camp out on a little bit and realize in principle how different it is from the other two stories one story we wander away because we just got distracted or deceived another story we 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 wander away we leave because we are in rebellion, and this story in the middle is it's oh it's it's if no fault of our own we didn't wander away we didn't rebel somebody else left us out somebody else hurt us um, that's what really spoke to me uh, about this little story in the middle if that makes sense yeah um, um, one of the thing that brings to mind to us talking to. Terry, one of my friends at church today, and he was just talking, he was reminding me that, you know, it's not just that we get hurt by other people, um, which so many of us can identify with, if not all of us, but yeah. ultimately one of the, one of the mantras of Celebrate Recovery, at least that's where I learned it, uh, is that hurt people hurt people. Mm. I teach my kids that a lot. Yeah. Um, when we don't understand why people are lashing out or, or they're being hurtful, there's always a reason behind that. It's because they have been hurt. Yeah. Always, 100% of the time. And so to even think about how we have been lost, forgotten, discarded, um, hurt by someone because of their carelessness, because of their sinfulness, whatever it is, really to be mindful of how that makes us turn around and, and probably make our worst choices, make our most harmful choices toward others. And I think... I'm a, I guess I'm, I'm by, by no means a counselor or a psychologist, but somewhere in a different life, I, I wish I could be a counselor because I'm just so fascinated by human behavior. I'm fascinated by, by psychology. Yeah. 
and I just I love kind of pulling back layers of the onion and 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 growing in self awareness at the very least. Maybe I can't help a lot of other people, but I like working on me. Yeah, and um, to come to grips with oh, that's why I can really be a jerk in that situation, or that's why I treated that person that way, Mm -hmm. or that's why I wasn't the best husband. Hmm. It's because of, I've been hurt. I'm not even aware of how I've been wounded, which plays directly into me wounding someone else. And so I don't think I said this morning, we've got a great growing referral list of Christian counselors here in the community that are well worth, um, I'm a huge fan of competent, Christian counseling. There's some quacks out there, even with, you know, crosses uh, um, over their desk and in the name of Jesus. There's some less competent counselors out there, but I know of. I've already gotten to know several in town that are that are good and can be really helpful. Uh, and so, if if that is something you want for you or for anybody you care about, um, not only are our pastors here um, and other ministry leaders eager to help, but if it's above our pay grade and really need to, to peel back some, some thicker layers of the onion, so to speak on our own woundedness, I I really want to encourage people to pop us an email or something. Just say, Hey, can I get that counselor referral list? Uh, we will gladly, gladly send that to you. Yeah. I thought it was, it's interesting to think about, you know, you listed off the ways, um, that somebody else, uh, that you may be, may be hurt, you know, through somebody else's carelessness or sinfulness. And, um, I guess, I guess in the moment, not thinking about myself being wounded, I was thinking about how that applies to my life in the ways that I might be wounding somebody else. You know, what, what you, we've talked about our personalities or whatever. I have a dry sense of humor and, um, I'm not a feeler. And so when I might make jokes that, or, or whatever, or I don't express a feeling or whatever, you know, what are my, what are my thoughtless things that are, that are hurting other people? And so it was, it's just interesting. It's always a good reminder to think about, okay, mm. well, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why did I respond in the way that I do? Even if it doesn't lead back to, oh, because my dad did that, or because, you know, this person did something to me that we still have those ways that, that we wound other people around us, um, sometimes even with good intentions, that uh, I thought that was a that was a good thing to think through this morning. Mm. Good stuff. You know, um, we did talk about this, uh, but I want to put this in the show notes, uh, Brooke. One of my favorite books that comes to mind mm-hmm. that deals with this type of self examination uh, is called "Emotionally Healthy Spirituality." Uh, it's by Pete Scazzaro. Um, he is a longtime pastor up in New York, uh, and um, I, I believe our friends over at One Life Community Church here in town use this book as, as central to their discipleship, mm. uh, but it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. We'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah. It is definitely a great, great book at looking at a holistic approach to understanding ourselves and why we do the things we do, and it's all in in the vein of, I mean, let's, let's follow Jesus and let's pursue wholeness and fullness of life in him. Uh, I couldn't recommend that book enough. It's been one of my favorite reads the last five or six years. Well, then to follow it up with, you know, Jesus is better at healing than we are at being wounded, Mm. um, is, is just another great picture of, 
a God that loves us, that goes after the 99, that mm. searches for the lost coin. That... Goes after the one, actually. Yeah, sorry. I know what Excuse you Excuse me. My apologies. <laughs> I'll take my points back and you can talk now. <laughs> no, no, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, you know, to, to think about to think about it in, the, in that way. Mm. Um, you know, you, you, you talked about him being the good physician. Um, and it's just, you know, a lot of times we, I think we, we get into our cultural versions of of god you know the man upstairs and the old guy with the white beard and the you know pearly gates and all that stuff and we think about we forget about all of the personal like deep down let's dig through this and come back to why is this hurting why are you hurting somebody else because you've been hurt and that he's better at healing us than Mm. we are and we're pretty good at being wounded which is (laughs) pretty pretty incredible to think about it's good news it's good news. Luke 15 is full of really good news. Absolutely. Can I shift gears before we wrap up? Yes. Um, you know, we have this practice that uh, we do, I think, almost without exception every week uh, in the middle of our, our corporate worship services, our gatherings. Um, and we made this up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to say a year ago. I don't know how long we've done it, but we've done it for a while now where we hold up five, we hold up a hand to represent uh, five, you know, our five fingers representing five different things we're grateful for. And we pray a prayer of gratitude. And the whole idea is let's, regardless of how hard life is, how much we've been wounded, what's going on in our particular day or week, to choose gratitude that moment. And then we shift to close our fist to say, okay, what's something I'm, I'm really holding back from the Lord or holding back from the people around me or maybe idolizing, a- anything sinful like that. Um, and then, of course, we open our hand to just represent a surrender, a, a, re, a repenting moment. Um, but today, even, I, I did this along with everybody else. Tanner was leading us. We have different people lead us each week. Tanner was leading us through that recentering prayer today. And I just want to share this out loud um, because I, I'm so convicted by it. I'm pretty sure my wife's going to hear the podcast, so I'm, I'm maybe even selfishly saying it in front of her. I feel like the Lord is telling me, that I'm holding back on my time, mm. that I really value my autonomy of my time. Uh, I value my freedom that I have with how I spend my time. You know, I don't work for the man. I don't punch a clock. Uh, and not only that, I'm the lead pastor here. And so I don't have anybody yelling at me about being in the office more or being more present in a given moment or, um, and really where it affects me much, much more is at home. I think, I think I'm, I get tired from work or tired from all the people stuff I do. And I think I'm coming home and I'm, I think I'm giving my kids more often than I like to admit the stiff arm. Mm. And I think I'm doing a little bit of that with my wife. And I just, I think I'm sharing that. Maybe this is weird for y'all to hear me confess this on our podcast, but I want to encourage y'all that the Lord, the Lord speaks to us, and even a rhythm like that, that maybe for some, I hope it hasn't, but maybe for some it becomes rote. It's another thing we do at Colonial every Sunday. I just felt like the Lord was very clear with me today and um, convicting. And maybe that's fasting, too, and, and just a little more of my attention is is on him than normal. Um, 
And then I'm a big fan of saying things out loud in front of people. So I have some accountability. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me how I'm treating my kids and my wife and yeah. how I'm letting loose with my, my autonomy, my time. You think that, uh, do you think you're that the TV, as you were saying, mm. is you're driving the you're mm. the one driving the TV? Does you know that what play into it? Yeah, you know with what the that, lack of that now. There may be a direct tie to that, is especially with sports. I mean, I've already mm. confessed my love for a three hour football game. You know, yeah, and I'm with you. And maybe there's something too. Oh, I don't have that now, and I'm recognizing how much that. I mean, probably the most obvious example that I've talked about with so many dads over the years is golf. Mm. Because golf can be a, you know, you count having some drinks with the boys or whatever. It can be a six, seven hour, ex, you know, <laughs> yeah. escape, much less a four hour, sure. you know, full round of golf. And, um, and I've heard many a man over the years confess, you know, I think I just don't want to go home. Mm. Or I think... I think I maybe in a more positive way. I think I've been selfish the last X number of years with my golf. I gotta I gotta stop playing so much golf. Golf in itself is not bad. TV in itself is not bad. Right. It's when we aren't fully present with our our loved ones. Yeah. And and other centered with our neighbors and open for those nudges God's given us to sacrifice what we want maybe for ourselves in the moment. Um. So maybe this month of no TV, and specifically those three-hour football games and you know two and a half-hour basketball games and things like that is is really God's way of nudging me toward more presence with my hmm. my kids and wife. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So my daughter the other day was, I think my wife said something about the Super Bowl coming up, and we were talking about food and whatnot. And she and, and she's she's what eight. And uh, she was just like, "Oh yes, the Super Bowl! Like this, that's awesome! I'm so excited! Like, can we do? We're talking about food and all this, blah blah blah." And then, and then, uh, um, and then I and I think I said something about like, "Well, then the game starts." And 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 uh, and she was like, "Wait, what's the Super Bowl?" <laughs> she was like, "I was like, yeah, it's it's the football game. It's only like three four hours long." And I was like, "So it'll be over." And she was like, "Oh." It's a football game? <laughs> Never mind. Turns out she was thinking it was the Olympics. Uh, and that she was excited that it was like, you know, there's like two weeks of, of, of Olympics and things. And and uh, and she was like, oh, it's a football game, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I know, I know. Not all of my kids want to watch football. And I have to try to figure out how to manage the games that I want to watch. And, I love it. You know? All right, so we have a whole nother week of this fast coming coming at us quickly here as we're moving into week two, and um, and then we have another story next week of uh, um, you said the prodigal son next week. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert: we're going to look at the younger son uh, who runs away from from dad, sticks it to his dad, and and uh, embraces wild living, as mm. the scripture says, and with the crazy response from the father that just exhibits God's love and grace like no other story I've ever read. Um, I think of Les Mis, my favorite musical of all time, uh, and arguably the way it portrays the grace of God. Uh, fiction, I think that's as good as it gets, Les Mis. I'll, I'll, 
I'll say that. Um, real life, Jesus telling this story and and reflecting God's heart for us. I, it's the best. It's the best story outside of the actual going to the cross. It's the best story I've ever I've ever read or been told. Um, maybe maybe not only do some of you listening need to hear this and read this again in Luke 15 this coming week. Maybe you need to think and pray about that one person you might bring to church. Normally, we don't say, hey, bring bring your friends to church that don't know Jesus, and, and we're going to share the gospel there. Um, in a lot of ways, I think coming to church for our non-Christian friends is at best them eavesdropping on us worshiping, eavesdropping on us talking about what it means to follow Jesus. This will be a blatant, clear message of the gospel. Hmm. And so um, maybe something to consider if there's that coworker or friend that if there was one time you, you drug them. <laughs> um, but my, my favorite, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not an art guy at all, but I've got the Rembrandt of, of Return of the Prodigal Son is on my office wall. It's a print. It's not, a, it's <laughs> not, not an actual it's not Rembrandt. Original, no. um, in case anybody wants to break in. Uh, <laughs> Henry Nowen's book, called The Return of the Prodigal Son uh, is incredible. Top 10 books for me of all time. Uh, and then the story itself is it's gold. Is this the right time for me to say uh, I don't think I've ever seen or read Les Mis? Oh, no. My heart just broke is a little right? bit. Is that right? Okay, hang on. I'll, I'll edit that out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you I'm t- not even a musical. I'm, I'm not a musical guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like there's a Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Rush version of the story that's there's no singing in the entire film. Okay, it's just the the movie of it. Yeah, the novel is epic, mm. epic. Mm. Uh, and then of course the musical has been done. I think it's been done a couple times, but you know what, what's his name? Hugh Jackman. Jackman, yes, Wolverine. When Wolverine comes out and starts um, singing, that yes. was one of the best. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wrong movie <laughs> quote, movie lines is, or, or the like the review of the movie was pretty good. I'm telling you, it's so good, uh, so good. Uh, do you how do you actually pronounce that word? I think I've Les Mis. Yeah, is it is Les Mis Rob? I don't. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know French. I think it's French. It is French, uh-huh, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but it's no like, clue. Every time I hear it, somebody says it different. It's like, oh yeah, it's Les Miserables. Les Miserables. <laughs> I don't know. Les Miserables. I just say Les, Les Miserables. Les Mis. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. I don't think so. It's so good. Oh, oh my goodness. You're a movie guy. Yeah. And you're a book reader. Pick pick one. I don't read novels. Oh, then okay, then watch the movie. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. Maybe. You're not you're not a feeler. Watch the Liam Neeson no music. It's got um, Uma Uma Thurman. Okay. <laughs> it's got Uma and uh Jeffrey Rush is a great bad guy. Mm. Like fantastic villain. I hope that's not a twist that I find out at the end that you just ruined. Nope. Nope. 40. Nope. Thousand years left. Claire Danes. You're a huge Claire Danes fan. Oh, am I? No, I don't know. That's good. Okay. That's good to know. Well, I guess I should know that. Uh, okay. Shame, shame, Brooke. Seriously, B. James at Bring colonialchurch.com. It. Bring it on. You've Bring never seen shame. or read Les Mis. <laughs> B. James at colonialchurch.com. I'll survive it. Uh, we are heading into the second week of our fast here. What encouragement do you have for us as we wrap this thing up? Going into I have nothing new except to share with you my own resolve to kick it up a notch. Let's forget what is behind us. If you've been slacking or if you haven't even started yet for some reason, um, 
why not start today? Why not start tomorrow morning, first thing, and let's get after it. Let's actually lean into the Lord and um, and fast and pray and uh, use this 30-day prayer guide if you have it all, if you all have access to it. Let's just kick it up a notch. I look forward to talking to you a week from now, Brooke, about how week two went because I'm I'm hopeful this week will be even even more impactful for me. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay. Um, we'll pause the conversation there. We will pick it up again next week. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app, which is the best way to do it. You can get it in the App Store or the Google Play Store. We'd love to hear from you. And so you can send us your questions or your feedback to podcast at colonialchurch.com. If you would like to shame me for having never watched Les Miserables, then you could totally send that there as well, and I'll make sure that someone probably sees it somewhere. If it doesn't, just go to their spam. Thanks for listening. We'll pick it up next week. Enjoy week two of the fast.